Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith. Have you ever heard of affiliate income and how it can boost your financial situation as a musician and or teacher? We're fortunate today to be talking with Dr. Tanya Lawson, who happens to be an expert in this very topic. We'll be diving into details of how to use your website properly together with social media to generate income. Dr. Tanya Lawson is a musician, blogger, and SEO specialist whose mission is to empower musicians and other creatives to build out passive income streams so they have the financial freedom to live the life that they want to live. In addition to teaching woodwinds in Tennessee and Texas for the past 26 years, she runs three different blogs and has multiple courses. Dr. Lawson holds a Bachelor of Music degree in education from Middle Tennessee State University, a Master's of Music degree in clarinet performance, and a Doctor of Musical Arts degree from Texas Tech University. Dr. Lawson currently teaches at Middle Tennessee State University, Father Ryan High School, and throughout Rutherford County, Tennessee. Her students regularly earn college scholarships and participate in Mid-State, All-State, Tennessee Governor's School for the Arts, Swanee Summer Music Festival, Interlochen, as well as various other honor bands. When not working, Dr. Lawson enjoys gardening, running, reading, and playing with her dog, Buster. So, Dr. Lawson, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to Musicians Versus the World. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you. I, You know, you and I actually have a lot in common because I also love playing with my dog. I love reading. I love gardening. And I love running. And I am wondering how on earth you find time to do that with all of these different places that you are playing and teaching. How are you balancing everything? Uh, well, you know, it's a struggle. But I learned several years ago that if I were going to maintain like my health and my sanity, I had to prioritize stuff that brought me lots of joy, like playing with my dog and getting outside in the dirt and growing things. Yeah. So when you prioritize that, this is a very common, common problem that musicians have. And um, how did you switch from being a busy musician? Because to make a good living, musicians have to be busy pretty much. How did you make that switch to prioritizing your own life and these wonderful things that make you healthier? Well, I'll I'll go way, way back. Yes, please. After I finished graduate school. So, you know, I finished graduate school and there I I have like 50 job applications out there for university positions because I wanted to be a full-time university professor. And I got two interviews. And I made it to the top two in both of those interviews, and they took someone with more experience, which, yes, obviously, I was fresh out of graduate school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to start teaching music lessons. So I started building a private music studio, and I, I got it pretty full. And then summer hit, and students quit taking lessons. And next thing you know, I find myself in a bagel shop for minimum wage, selling bagels just so that I could pay my rent that summer. And that was like super low for me. I I was like, I'm a failure. I'm working in a bagel shop. I have a doctorate. And I determined that was never going to happen again. Now, obviously, fast forward to 20 plus years later, that's not the case at all. Um, That's pretty normal, actually, to have to get an extra job in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was determined. And then the next year, I go to apply for all those university teaching positions. And there were two open in the entire United States. Oh, my goodness. 
And I applied for both of them and I got an interview for one and I made it to the top two again. And I was, it was at a historically black college or university mm-hmm. and they picked someone who was a better fit. Yes. <laughs> Once again, understandable. And I, you know, kept building my studio and I was like, you know, I'm going to figure out how to make this work so that I don't have to work in a bagel shop anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things started going really well. I landed a full-time university position here in Murfreesboro and discovered I kind of hated it. So (laughs) now I'm teaching music lessons. I still teach at that university adjunct. But several years ago, there was a lot of talk about taking music lessons out of the schools. The area I live in, we actually get to go into the schools during the school day, pull kids out of their band class, and teach private music lessons. Oh, And they were talking about canceling this program and instant terror, you know, oh, I'm going to be back in that bagel shop. What am I going to (laughs) do? So I realized I was making a grave mistake by keeping all my eggs in one basket Mm -hmm. because I live in the Nashville area. And at the time I was still a young musician and it's really hard to get studio gigs and stuff because the people, you have to wait on someone to die. basically, to get in next. Because there's just musicians are a dime a dozen here. Yeah. So I started learning about building websites. And I took a course in search engine optimization, trying to get websites started. And I realized in this course that this wasn't really geared towards musicians. But I really needed another income source. So I started a coffee website. My coffee niche website. And with that, all of a sudden, it starts getting found on Google. It starts bringing in affiliate income commission in the form of passive income. And it starts really kind of padding my bank account a little bit for those times when there were snow days or students had the flu or summer hit. And over time, I was like, there's got to be a way to take this and modify it for the creative space. Mm -hmm. Because... There's got to be a way to monetize websites as musicians and artists and writers. And little by little, I started experimenting with my own website, tanyalawson.com. And over time, it started ranking. And then it started bringing in affiliate income. So that really helped me. And then when COVID hit and all the schools closed, well, one... I was already very technologically inclined, so I was able to transition my studio to online. Oh, good. But also, I used it to start a third website. (laughs) And while all these other musicians are desperately trying to find private lessons or taking jobs in grocery stores to pay their bills, I'm sitting over here going, well, I'm going to teach my music lessons, and I'm going to read, and I'm going to play in my garden because I have all of this set up, and I have this passive income coming in. So it was really helpful. And COVID was when I really, it hit me, I need to take this and I need to show other people how to do it so that they don't find themselves working in that bagel shop. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? So many of the musicians that I have talked to have mentioned COVID was like a lamppost point for them where like they switched, they pivoted, or they took something. They just, it like was a wake up call for them to really evaluate what they were doing. And so many people have come out of that terrible, terrible time, of course, but with like some sort of new direction. And so this was your new direction was to help other musicians figure out how to get, what is affiliate income? What What is that? Okay, so affiliate income 
is where you earn money when someone purchases a product that's not your own. Okay. So a, a super easy to understand example is Amazon. You have, you're an Amazon affiliate. You write a blog post or whatever. I have one out there on the best clarinet mouthpiece. And people read that and then they end up clicking on one of those links that takes them to Amazon and you earn a commission from their purchase. Another way to do this is music teachers is companies like Sheet Music Plus have affiliates as well to where you can recommend something to your student and send them your affiliate link. And when they make a purchase, you receive a commission off of their purchase. It costs them nothing extra, but you get a little cut because you recommended that particular company or brand. Oh, okay. So now when you had, when you say you had a coffee website, so is that like a blog that you had with affiliate links? Is that how that brought in? Yes, it was a, it was a blog. Um, so it was a niche website where I talked about the best espresso beans or the best coffee makers under $25 or how to brew cold brew. Oh, that's so fun. I know it's completely different from clarinet, but in a way that could also be a good thing because after a full day of teaching, you go home and you talk about cold brew and it's like a little bit of a break and it keeps you fresh for the next day. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, how many, you said you have three websites? I have three websites. I have the coffee website. I have a um, my studio website. And in the last six months, I've really started working on my gardening website. And I am tracking its progress over on YouTube. I do monthly garden blog updates so people can see what it looks like to grow a website from the very beginning. Oh, how interesting. I would love to hear all about your gardening website, but since this is a music podcast, we can talk about your music ones. How are you making affiliate income from your website right now, your clarinet one? Okay, well, I'm doing it several ways. So I have obviously Sheet Music Plus links in there. Uh -huh. I also have Amazon links in there. So this website started as a clarinet website intended for my students and their parents. It started to grow into also articles for music teachers. And now it's merging into more of the website blog SEO world, um, helping artists create passive income. So for the music articles for my students, I, I wrote an article on how to use a practice journal to get better faster. Mm. And throughout that article, I have links to practice journals that they can purchase. Okay. I have links to something as simple as a composition book that they can order off of Amazon. And when they click on that link, it takes them to Amazon. Okay. Here's where the money comes in. Anything they purchase from Amazon in the next 24 hours, I get an affiliate commission on. So if they, their parent goes on and they're like, oh, you know, I am going to get my student this practice journal. And they throw it in there and they're like, oh, you know what? We're also out of laundry detergent and we need to get some more hand sanitizer. And we're about to go on a trip. So let's throw some sunscreen in there. I earn a commission off of the entire purchase. What? Yes. That's, is that after the first 24 hours of your article being published? Is that what that is? or No. After the first 24 hours of them clicking on that link. No kidding. So that article was literally pub published three years ago. So if someone were to go to that article and click on that link, I still will earn affiliate commission. 
And that is how passive income works. You earn money based off of work you did three years ago. Oh my goodness. That is insane to me. So the affiliation works because it was your link that originally sent them to Amazon. So for 24 hours, anything they buy off of Amazon, you get it. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. And I mean, as music teachers, we're constantly sending out, you know, articles or we're sending out like updates or, you know, newsletters. And we always have links of like, this is what you should be getting or listen to this or buy this album. Now, how do you set that up? How do you even get involved with being an affiliate link with Amazon? For Amazon, all you have to do is you go, you Google Amazon affiliate and you can sign up to be an affiliate. Now you have to make three affiliate sales in the first six months in order to be approved. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't make those sales, because I didn't make those sales the first time, um, it's it's not like you can never do it again. You just have to reapply and try again. So you have to get those three sales and they have to be actual sales. You can't like get your mom to order something (laughs) for it. The internet knows (laughs) and they won't give you credit for that. <laughs> they know. <laughs> Big Brother is after you, and the internet knows that that's your mom making that purchase. <laughs> and I know this because my mom found out about this, and she's trying to be supportive. And she goes and buys through my link, and she's like, "Oh, I I ordered laundry detergent through your link, so you're going to get a commission." And I was like, "I don't know that that's going to happen." And sure enough, I didn't get a commission off oh of that goodness. one. They know. Oh my goodness, that's insane. Okay, well that's good to know. So you're an affiliate, you have this link. Would that link work, you know, through newsletters, like a monthly newsletter you send out to your student, or does it have to be on your website? It depends on the affiliate program. Okay. With Amazon, it has to be on your website. Okay. Um, Sheet Music Plus, you can put it in a newsletter. So you just need to know the rules for the affiliate you're using. And Amazon and Sheet Music Plus aren't the only two out there. There are affiliates like ShareASale, Music and Arts is a big company that has an affiliate program. Mm -hmm. Well, and then my daughter plays clarinet, and we are constantly, constantly buying new reads for her. So, I mean, there you go. If you just keep on using that as an affiliate link, I can... (laughs) I'm sure her clarinet teacher would make a lot of money off of off of just our reads alone, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, that is that's really incredible. Okay, so you have that, and it's on your website. Let's talk a little bit about SEO and what that is and how that can actually help generate more of this passive income. Okay, so SEO is an abbreviation for search engine optimization. And we musicians, we don't like abbreviations. We don't like all of that. And I know so many musicians are like, SEO, WTF, I don't know. It's not going to happen. But all it is basically is it's what you need to do to your website so that it gets found on Google. So it's basically optimizing your website for better performance so that Google finds it and you show up when people do a Google search. Just like with our instruments, we optimize our instruments with the best equipment so that we get the best tone, um, we get the best sound. We optimize our recording equipment so that we are able to put out great products. Well, this is the same thing. You're optimizing your website so that Google takes notice and starts ranking you when people do a Google search. Okay. Okay. And so that will help you to attract new students or maybe new gigs or, you know, other people to find you out. So how can a musician take that 
and have that lead to passive income. Okay, so this is the cool part. And this is what I'm so excited about. The geek in me loves this. So once you have good SEO on your website, once your website is Googleable, basically, <laughs> people find you without having to actually go type your web address in. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, you know, they might search for best clarinet mouthpiece or, um, you know, if you're a piano player, the best piano books for beginners or whatever. That is going to take them to your website. Google will put you up in one of those top few spots and they see you. They click over to your website. From there, they have your entire website at your disposal, at their disposal. So Google sends them your way. And we call that organic traffic. And this is the holy grail when it comes to getting people to your website because if you're a music teacher and you do online lessons, then that can then pivot them into online lessons with you. If you are, you know, a performer and you do gigs, maybe someone's looking for musicians to perform at their wedding. If your website's popping up there, then that's going to send them to you. Also, if you have um, blog articles on there, they find you through the blog article, but then they can explore the website and see what services you have to offer. So it's getting people on your website to become potential clients without having to constantly be on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or sending emails out. They simply search for string quartet in Washington, D.C., or wedding music in Seattle, and they find you. Right, because they're actually actively looking for something, and you come up when they're actively looking for something. Yes, and people who are actively looking for something are ready to buy. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really good. So do you think it's helpful to have a blog? I mean, I know they were super popular a few years ago, but you still, like, you think that is still worth the effort of writing articles. Absolutely. Um, The thing you have to remember is blogs today are not what blogs were even five years ago. I mean, I don't know if you remember any of those lifestyle blogs with the what I eat in a day post and that sort of. Okay. That is for Instagram and TikTok now. Okay. That is not. A blog is simply a collection of articles. So, for example, I was having trouble with my kitchen sink. The flow from the faucet started getting very weak, and I Googled it, and it took me to an article on a plumbing website on how to fix it. That is a blog. Oh, So it's really understanding the definition of blog these days. Blog is simply, it's not that online diary it used to be. It is a plumbing. It is a collection of articles that provide helpful or useful information to others. I see. I see. And so so blogs are different than, let's say, Instagram or TikTok, where you just have to constantly be putting out stuff. Like how often, if we're trying to get the most out of SEO and get more eyes onto our websites, like how often do we really have to be updating or putting more articles up on our websites? That's a great question. So... The rule is the more articles, the better. Okay. Because the more content you have on your website, the greater chance it is for Google to find that content when they do their regular crawls. 
And any links that you have in your content that go to more of your content, it will follow them. So the more pages on your website, and each blog post is another page on your website. So the more you have on there, the easier it is for Google to find you. Now that said, unlike social media where you have to, I'm all over social media, and I update my social media, my Instagram stories, I'm there Monday through Friday regardless. Wow. But on blogs, you have a lot more wiggle room. So if you can get one a week out, awesome. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people batch their blog posts and they'll write like 10 and they'll just let them sit there and publish one a week. Oh. That's not good. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) Don't. I mean, it's fine. But if you have 10 blog posts published or written, publish them all. Because the faster they're published, the faster Google can find them. Oh, Okay. So waiting is not necessarily good. So I go through phases with mine because let's face it, I'm a busy musician just like the rest of you. I currently have about 50 students in my private music studio. So last month was a killer month as far as scheduling is concerned. So I got one blog post published. That was it. Mm -hmm. Over the summer, it was nothing for me to crank out eight blog posts a month. When I had a little more time. Need more time, yeah. So just as long as you're posting at least once a month mm-hmm. or once every two months, Google knows that that website's not dead. It's not just sitting out there. And and, and all, in all honesty, my coffee website, I have not updated it in a year. And it's still bringing in affiliate sales. So Google still knows it's there. Right. I do need to get stuff on it, but it's just not at the top of my priority list right now. Well, that's really, really interesting. Okay, so... As a musician, as we're busy, we're practicing, we're teaching, we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. And I guess, you know, we're on social media as well. I feel like there should be some sort of plan with all of this. Like, shouldn't it be sort of coordinated so that we're not kind of wasting our time just kind of all over the place? Oh, today I'm thinking about reads. Today I'm thinking about music. Like, do you suggest having like a layout or a schedule of things to talk about? Okay, so this is That is an excellent question. And I hadn't even thought about talking about this on here, but this is my secret. Okay, so this is the (laughs) secret sauce to getting it all done. It's all about that blog post. Really? Okay. So I will write a blog post and say I'm writing a blog post. One that performs well is how to do affiliate marketing without followers. Oh, okay. And I'm talking about incorporating it into my website, right? So I take that blog post. Well, that blog post then can be broken down into at least 10 Instagram posts. It can be four YouTube videos. It can be a series of TikToks from that one piece of content. So I'm all about repurposing my content. Okay. Plus, the people who read your blogs are not necessarily the same people who watch you on Instagram or watch your TikToks or subscribe to your channel on YouTube. So you've got all this different audience and you can have one centralized piece of content. It works really well as your driver. So if, say you teach music lessons and you write an article on how to get the most out of online music lessons. Okay. Okay. So you can also put at the bottom of that article, you know, if you're interested in taking online voice lessons, click here and it can take you to your sales page. Well, you can take that too and turn it into Instagram posts. Each tip that you talked about in that blog is a new Instagram post that can then drive people to your product. Same thing with TikTok. 
because a TikTok's audience is younger in general than Instagram or Facebook if you want to use Facebook. You can also create YouTube videos on my top 10 tips for getting the most out of voice lessons. And if you're interested in studying voice with me, click the link in the description below. Okay. And you already kind of have your script already because you've written out that, that article. Yes. Okay. So you do the work once and then you use it everywhere. So I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Yeah. We don't have time for that. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because as we we're talking, I felt more and more overwhelmed of like, oh my goodness, this is so much content. But that seems much more manageable if everything's already written out in that article and you're just repurposing it for different different mediums, I suppose. Absolutely. And honestly, when I do blog posts, uh, not blog posts, when I do YouTube videos, sometimes I'll just pull up a blog post on my computer and just reference it while I'm recording the video. Oh, okay. And just use the post itself as my script. Oh, smart. That's very smart because then it reaches a different audience than who would be actually reading the blog post. Yes. And then I can also go into my YouTube video. If you want a, a deeper dive into this topic, check out this article and I will put a link to my blog post and then it will send them there. Which then has affiliate links, which then can generate some income for you. Exactly. It's one big loop. Oh my goodness. This is blowing my mind. That's a completely different way because I was thinking passive income had to be like a product that I made that I'm selling or like um, some sort of some sort of history course or something like that. I had no idea that it could just be affiliate links where people just buy things off of links on my website. Absolutely. And that's a common misconception. But here's the thing. You create a course, you know, maybe it's a course on music theory. Mm -hmm. Awesome. If you have a website properly set up to get found on Google, that can be a passive income stream. But if you have to get on Instagram and Facebook every single day to promote that course, is that really passive? Right. You're, it's not. You're working you're actively. all the freaking time. Yeah. Yeah. You're actively working towards that. So what would you say is the most common mistake that musicians are making when it comes to passive income or lack of, I suppose? I think the most common mistake is not understanding what it is mm -hmm. or thinking that it's not possible for them. Because I hear that a lot. Oh, passive income isn't possible for me. I'm not going to get into real estate or I don't have the money to invest in this or that. And in all honesty, it takes no money to get started with passive income. Okay. Well, how much time does it take at the beginning? Now, it does take time in the beginning. Okay. Because... One, if you don't have a website, you need one. <laughs> Two, you have to actually write that content to go on there, those blog articles. Although, as good as AI technology has gotten lately, you can speed up the writing process. Now, don't get me wrong here, because I know I can get a lot of musicians in an uproar talking about ChatGPT. <laughs> you don't let ChatGPT write a blog post and then just publish it. Right, of course. You are the expert. And if you know how to properly use ChatGPT, you can actually have it create some really good content. You can actually train it to write in your own voice. But you have to be there to know if the information is giving you is accurate or not. Right. And now I use ChatGPT because everybody knows that there's a, a free version available. There are other AI writers out there that are a little more expensive and I do use 
and they're better. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get what you pay for. And with those, for my like my coffee blog, I probably could let it write an article and just hit publish if I wanted to. I don't because mm -hmm. I want I want it to reflect my voice. Um, I would not do that for a music blog because it's way more specialized than, hey, here's how you do a pour over. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very true because they're they're coming to your blog for your experiences and your expertise. So that makes sense. But I, I like the idea of it can generate ideas of topics, perhaps, or maybe give you an, a rough outline of maybe a flow if you don't feel like you're a strong writer. And you can go yeah, in. Yeah, it could even give you a rough draft to go in yeah. and edit and use. Yeah, yeah. And then you can really embrace that and and then make it your own and put those affiliate links in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's all about understanding how to use it properly. Right, right. So now if if people are wanting to find out more or they're wanting to have your help maybe one-on-one, -on -one, is that something that you do? Or do you have like courses that people can look into? How can people learn more about this? Well, yes to all of that. Oh, okay. I, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, but honestly, the easiest and most economical way to learn about this is I have a membership called Creative SEO. And no website required. There's even pre-work in there if you don't already have a website or you have a website that you want to improve a little bit. All of that's included. I do a new masterclass in there every single month. And I have a Q&A session every month where people can submit questions and I answer them. Um, we usually just go live in Zoom right now because the community is still small. As the community grows, it might be more of a Facebook Live later if we surpass the, the headcount on Zoom. But you have me once a month where you can ask questions in person. There's also a private members only Facebook group where you can ask questions in there. And I'm here to answer all those questions. And that one, because I really, truly want to make this so accessible to musicians, you know, most of us, especially for starting out, we don't have a lot of money. Right. So I decided when I started it, okay, how much can I have afforded to pay for this in college? And that's why I priced it. It's $33 a month. So it's literally less than a tank of gas or on some months less than I spend at Starbucks. <laughs> Well, that's great to know. That really is great to know. Um, you have, I, like I said, you've blown my mind. This is opening up a whole new area of income that I think musicians need to know as the world is changing and as we need to be more independent, more entrepreneurial, because things change all the time. I think knowing this stuff and knowing how to use technology to um, bolster up our careers and this passive income is just, it's so, so important. So I'm glad that you came to talk with us so much. Now, as we finish up, do you have any last minute advice for future musicians or aspiring musicians that we haven't talked about today? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're still in music school, start working now on building this stuff out. It's never too early. Start teaching music lessons now. That's a great way to get started. Over on TikTok, I talk about that all the time. That That's all about building a music studio um, because you can potentially graduate with your own business. Start building out your website because it takes time to get found on Google and it's not expensive. You can do it. But music school, they're getting better, but they grossly underprepare you for how to be successful as a professional musician. They teach you how to play. They teach you how to teach. They don't teach you how to market yourself. Mm 
They don't teach you how to build websites that convert. They don't teach you how to actually make a good living. As a matter of fact, and this burns me up, I think a lot of them romanticize the starving artist lifestyle. Like, oh, you're a musician. You're never going to make money. That's okay. Marry someone with money or just know you're you're sacrificing for your art. And, you know, I'm sorry, I, I'm not married and I own my own home by myself. And I did that as a entrepreneur, as a self-employed working musician. Well, and I just, I agree with you 100%. There's no, nothing romantic about being a starving anything. So I love it that you are giving these tools to so many people and and are helping them out. So Tanya, thank you so much for being here. I have just so enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, yeah, thanks for all of this To I have to go and wrap my head around it now. So, <laughs> so thank this you so much. So much fun. Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians versus the World podcast in our conversation with Dr. Tanya Lawson. If you are interested in learning more about Dr. Lawson, marketing, SEO, or affiliate or passive income for musicians, you can find out more information on her website, tanyalawson.com, or follow her on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at dr.tanyalawson. I'll have all of these links as well as links to her membership in our show notes on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. It is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. You can also find a video version of this interview on our Musicians vs. the World YouTube channel. If you have any questions for us, topics you'd like to hear about, or any helpful advice for other musicians that you'd like to share, be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or Facebook, or send us an email at infofrostedlens.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.